just like you, Jesus. I want to pray like you. want to love like you. I want to look like you, just like you, Jesus. Welcome to Magnified Word Broadcast with Bishop Chris Quinston Addo, a son of the prophet, Darkie Wood Mills. Teaching the nations with signs, wonders, and prophetic manifestations, He's currently the senior pastor of the Captain of Salvation Cathedral, Kaswa Nyinyano Kokraba. Now on today's message. It's impossible when you put your trust in God. Nothing is impossible when you trust in When you put your trust in God Nothing is impossible When you're trusting in His Word Hearken to the voice of God's deed Is there anything too hard for Him? Just put your trust in God alone And rest upon His Word Yes, everything is possible with God. Hallelujah. With God, all things are possible. And as you are listening to me through this Facebook Live, my prayer is that whatever God has promised you, it shall come to pass. In Jesus' mighty name. Wherever you are, please close your eyes and let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this beautiful morning, a Sunday that you have blessed us with. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you anoint me with your fresh oil. Lord, bring us into all truth as your people hear today's message. In Jesus' mighty name, and somebody say, Amen. Wow, what a beautiful church, what a beautiful service. I tell you, we've been enjoying right from the beginning when the prayer began, worship and praise, and the powerful ministration by the minstrels. And I tell you, the representatives of the choir, oh my God, they minister so powerfully. And I believe that you give a good offering. And I trust that this is the time God is also going to pour a blessing upon you. Somebody say, Amen. Today I want to continue from where I ended last week. We started talking about those who accuse you. Look at your neighbor in your house and tell your neighbor, don't accuse me. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I want us to look at Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 8. I want to read the scripture because of how I want to teach today. Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 8. Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, you gotta have your Bible. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 8, Bible says that, so they read in the book, in the law of God distinctly, 
and gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading. So they read in the book, in the law of God, distinctly and gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading. I want to read from the New Living Translation. It says that they read from the book of the law of God and clearly explained the meaning of what was being read, helping the people understand each passage. So those days, Nehemiah was actually a servant of God and a prophet actually was those days with Ezra who was also a priest and a prophet would take the scrolls and read it to the people. So it is not wrong sometimes for us to come to church and all we have to do is to read the Bible and not preach. Are you understanding me? There are some books that are also anointed in this world that sometimes, if you want to call it, can even pass the test of being added to the Bible. And some of these books, when God shows it to you, you don't have to joke with such books. And I remember one time our prophet said that the final quest is one of such books. And I believe that our prophet has written many books and most of them, if not all, are actually prophecies to the church of God today. And today, the message that I'm preaching is actually from one of those books, which I call the book of the law. Those who accuse you, if Satan could not kill Jesus by tempting him, if Satan could not finish Jesus by lying about him, if Satan could not finish Jesus by deceiving him, but only could finish Jesus within one week by accusing him, then we need to be careful about accusation. Satan would always work against God's people by getting you to be finished through his accusations. Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness, against spiritual wickedness in high places. You notice that all these are evil spirits. But now the question is, does it only come about that the devil works through spirits? No. Sometimes he works through beings. And so this spirit of accusation actually works sometimes through human beings. And so today, I want us to our minds to this particular subject and I want to talk about the hidden laws hmm. look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor today's message will be nice the hidden laws last week I took my time to show you from the bible in 2nd Samuel chapter 6 I started reading from verse 12 through up to 23 and made you see how God actually anointed David and David went for the Ark of the Covenant or the Ark of the Tabernacle or the Ark of Blessing which is actually something that was taken to Obedidom's house when he heard that this Ark was a blessing he went for it and Bible says that he was with his people and they began to dance and praise God because of what God had done for them and his wife who was upstairs in her house did not join the group and instead of With excitement receiving the husband David back home. Bible says that when David got home, the wife was ready to accuse him. Accuse him of what? She accused him that, oh, look at you. You were dancing as a king in front of these handmaidens. And then you exposed yourself. Was it true that he exposed himself? No. And 
David got so angry and he said, if you say so, I want you to know that it is not true. Rather, myself and all these people were celebrating before our God. Sometimes the devil would want to quench your zeal. He would want to quench your, your strength. He want to take something that God has given you. And what he will do is to accuse you. Some people have been accused and because of that today they are not bearing fruit. Some people have been accused because of that they are not able to function well as normal beings. There are pastors who have been accused that they are stealing church money and because of that they cannot raise funds again. There are husbands that have been accused by their wives and because of that they are not able to love them again. And so today... I'm going to be reading part of this book And as I read, I'm going to be explaining to you That's why I read Nehemiah 8.8 That there are times that you have to read the book as it is And then you explain to the people so that they understand So I'm not hiding from you I'm reading the book and I'm explaining to you Ah, let your amen bring your blessing So I'm reading those who accuse you And this time I'm taking it from chapter 2 he said that the hidden laws Now listen carefully Most people do not understand what is happening to them When they are being accused Because they do not realize what is happening They play into the hands of the accuser In this particular chapter that we are looking at I want to share some of these hidden laws Which govern the house and way the wise of accusation Understanding these laws will help you to fight your enemy and gain the upper hand And so I prophesy to you And as I keep teaching and explaining to you And you understand But you have the upper hand over the enemy write, write it down Law number one Your relationships will be polluted by accusations Your relationships Will be polluted By accusations Mama huh. mama ma, ma, ma. Your relationships Will be polluted by accusations Accusations can be likened To the pouring of Satan's feces Or Satan's urine On relationships Accusations can be likened to Satan Vomiting on precious relationships Somehow These accusations have the effect Of dirtying everything Pure relationships Are poisoned by even The slightest accusations Nothing is ever the same once you have been accused A brother who is accused of having an interest in a particular sister Never, never has a normal relationship with that person anymore And most of you can identify what I'm reading Somehow that relationship is polluted He may actually have an interest in someone else Nevertheless, tension develops in that particular direction of the accusation And everything that was pure Looks and feels evil Even though it is not And such is the defiling And polluting power of an accusation One pastor described How his pure And undefiled relationship with his church Members had been spoiled by his wife Accusing him about Specific women He explained my wife claims I am interested in certain people And this is common with many pastors they are wives, pastors' wives. Many, I'm not saying all, but many. My wife claims I'm interested in certain people. Since then, every time I speak to these particular people, I am supposed to be interested in, I feel sinful. I feel as though I'm doing something wrong. Nothing.
nothing is the same anymore. He explained. Everything has changed and I can no longer work effectively with many people, especially those people that my wife claims I am interested in. Also, my relationship with my wife has changed. I find myself keeping things from her, which I never used to. I have to avoid her seeing and knowing certain things so that she will not have measles with which she fight me and then accuse me. And this is common. I'm a pastor. I have counseled a lot of husbands and this is common. These days I don't tell my wife this. These days I don't tell my wife because when those days when I told my wife this, this is what she said. This is what she used against me. May the Lord deliver us. He lamented, I never thought my marriage would degenerate to such a state. Many pastors poison the relationship between themselves and their associates by accusing them of evils that have not occurred to them. From that time, their relationship is marred and infected with the defilement of accusation. Amen. Do not be surprised if one day these people do exactly what they are accused of doing. I remember a university student who worked in our tapes ministry. He was an honest, hard-working and sacrificial brother who did much to help the ministry. This is the early days of Lighthouse. One day some questions were asked about the finances of the tapes department. In the ensuing discussions, this brother felt he was being accused of stealing. And so he was shocked because he had sacrificed many things to help the tape ministry. From that time, our relationship was tainted and it deteriorated until he left the church. I felt very sad about this brother's departure. Since then, anytime there's stock taking or auditing at the tape department, I want them to be very careful about what they say, lest they sound accusatory. I personally remember when I was in Uganda, I happened to travel one time with a prophet to a country somewhere. When I was coming back, I organized um, a screen, a projector, a deck, and something, an amp, for the church. And when I was coming, I brought all this for the church. I arrived just, I think, a day or two before Sunday. And so on Sunday, after church, there were some people who were working on the site because there was construction ongoing, just like most of our sites. And then these people came to say hello to me. And when they came to the office I was in, they kept, there were two men, they kept looking up. And I said, at the point I said, what, what, what are you looking at? And they said, oh, they are admiring the ceiling. I said, oh, okay. Fast forward. The following Monday, apparently, some people came to the church and stole all the things that I had brought. We didn't know a construction was ongoing. So on Tuesday, when I had come for evening service, Tuesday weekday service, when I got there, they said, Pastor, thieves are broken into your office and they've stolen all the things that you brought from wherever you came from. And I said, What? Thieves? And I immediately called somebody to call the police. Because it needed and required investigation. Listen to what I'm saying. Unfortunately, when the police came, the aim was to, I, my, I was thinking, look, just come and then investigate. And when the police came, they arrested all the people who had been there since Sunday. 
unfortunately, including church members, including our keyboardists, including one of my pastors, they arrest a lot of them and put them wherever and discipline them. It was almost like the pastor has accused them that they were thieves, but it was not me. But my decision had taken to that extent. The sad thing was that this was Tuesday through the night. By Wednesday morning, they had apparently gone to arrest the actual thief, who was one of the two who came to my office. And then he confessed. A very handsome, nice man, he confessed. And so they left all these people and then they put him in prison, in their prison called Luzura. The sad thing was that our church members and the pastor who were involved left the church. They left the church. And since then, one has been very careful. But these things happen. If you are not careful, you can easily accuse somebody. If you are staying with somebody in your house and something gets lost, you can easily think it's the person who has stolen it. But what you don't know is that there are some animals who also steal. (laughs) Accusations will poison beautiful relationships and change them forever. Rejoina in his vision in the final quest describe the accusations and condemnations of demons in exactly the same way if you are listening to me say amen a terrible vision of accusers he said above he described what Jesus showed him he said above the prisoners the sky was black with vultures named depression and occasionally these would land on the shoulders of a prisoner and would vomit on him Reverend Gabby, the vomit was condemnation. When the vomit hit a prisoner, he would stand up and march a little straighter for a while and then slump over, even weaker than before. Again, I wondered why the prisoner did not simply kill these vultures with their swords, which they could have easily done. As I watched, I realized these prisoners thought the vomit of condemnation was truth from God. Then I understood that these prisoners actually thought they were marching in the army of God. This is why they did not kill the little demons of fear or the vultures. They thought these were God's messengers. The darkness from the cloud of vultures made it so hard for these prisoners to see that they had they had naively accepted everything that happened to them as being from the Lord. So they felt that those who stumbled were under God's judgment. Which is why they attacked them the way they did. They thought they were helping God. This particular thing I'm reading, it's supposed to help us to identify accusation when it's coming and then the agents of accusation. Don't joke with this thing. As you grow in the Lord, one of the things that Satan wants to use to stop you in your ranks is to use accusation against you. Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, mercy law. It is an open confrontation against accusing women who are destroying their husbands, ministries in the secret places. It is a rejection of the lies that are peddled about God's anointed through rebellious pastors. It is a strong stand against the condemnation, news and rumors which look like truth from God. It is in defiance of the relentless accusations and condemnation 
meted out to honorable men who have taken up the mantle of service to our Lord Jesus the King. And so Satan will not leave you until he's able to hit you with this accusation. But as I, as I preach and as I teach, may the Lord deliver you from accusation. Law number two. Law number two. You will be accused of the exact opposite of what you really are. Mercy, Lord. You will be accused of the exact opposite of what you really are. That's point law number two. Amazingly, Satan's strategy is to accuse you of the opposite of what you really are. Abla, that's what Satan wants to do. Very well. Many times, ministers labor under the accusations of things they are far from. Men who are as far from being thieves as the sun is from the earth are accused of stealing. Men who will never commit adultery until they die are accused incessantly of being adulterous. You would have thought that if you accuse someone of something remote, it would have no effect on him. But surprisingly, these accusations have a powerful effect on the accused. Let me give you two examples in the Bible. Or two characters. Moses and Jesus. Moses because of Old Testament. Jesus because of New Testament. Moses was accused, number one, of being a murderer. Ah! Moses. Moses was accused of trying to kill the Israelites even though he was doing the opposite. God had sent him to deliver the Israelites but the people accused him of trying to kill them. I'll give you only one scripture. There are quite a number of here but I'm giving you one. In Exodus chapter 17 verse 3 Bible says that and the people thirsted there for water and the people murmured against Moses and said wherefore is this that thou hast brought us up out of Egypt? To kill us and our children and our cattle with thirst. The Moses who had gone to deliver them, now they were describing as an emedra. And sometimes that's how life is. Your real savior, you can easily call him something else, just by a funny dream you have had. I mean, sometimes you hear some things. One day, a young girl in our church somewhere came and said, After church, she wants to see me. That's okay. So she came and then she spoke with me. And in, she said she had had a dream. And then what was the dream? In the dream, she saw another pastor. And then she saw me, her pastor. And she saw that I have turned into a wild animal coming to eat her up. And then she ran. And when she ran, this other pastor received her and then she woke up and I said oh, oh, oh and that was all and I said listen I've had such dreams before when you have a dream and you see your father you see your mother you see somebody who is special to you attacking you don't accept it how can your mother who gave birth to you become the witch how if she was a witch she would have chewed you as before you were born so it can it can only be Satan who is painting something. How can you have a dream and then your the dream is destroying your relationship? Don't accept it. How can Moses be a murderer when he is a savior? Moses was accused of being proud. 
Moses was accused of exalting himself and being and of being proud. Bible says in Numbers chapter 16, verse 3, and I want to read from the NASB. It says that they assembled together against Moses and Aaron and said to them, You have gone far enough. For all the congregation are holy, every one of them, and the Lord is in their midst. So why do you exalt yourselves about the assembly of the Lord? And that's what they were attacking Moses and Aaron for. But what they, what they had forgotten that just few chapters before the time, Bible was describing how God called Moses a meek man. When Moses' brother Aaron and the sister Miriam started to speak things against Moses, and God appeared in the clouds, and God said that this is a meek man. In Numbers chapter 12 verse 3, the Bible said, Now the Moses was very meek above all the men which were upon the face of the earth. So how can someone who is meek now be described as someone who is proud? Usually people would accuse you of something that you are not. Actually what you are opposite. Well, usually when people say you are a thief, you are rather someone who gives. But that's how Satan wants to re-describe you. When you are caring, people say you are a lover of girls. Me, I've been hit by that arrow many times. Yeah. That I'm partial. If I was to listen to these things, oh, I would have crumbled long time. But by the grace of God, the teachings of my prophet has kept me going. I mean, the, t- the same teachings keep you going. Can I have a better amen in your house? Jesus was accused of destroying God's house. Hmm. How can Jesus destroy God's house? It's amazing. In Mark chapter 14 verse 58, look at what they said about who has done more to build God's house than the Lord Jesus. Who loved the temple so much that he cleansed it of thieves. Who came to earth and sacrificed his life for the house of God. No other person but Jesus Christ, yet he was accused of planning to attack and break down the temple. In the Mark 14 58, the Bible says that we heard him say, this is what the, the Pharisees were saying, we heard him say, what did he say? I will destroy this temple that is made with hands. And within three days, I will build another without hands. Oh. I mean, are you all amazed? Sometimes you hear, I have heard prophets say that people are accusing him that he's, he's um, the church is taking the church's money. He is taking the church money. And truly yours, if you have been around for a while. It is he who has rather, if there's anything, supported the beginning of this church to this far. With sometimes his own money, his sister's money. But rather, the people who rather invest their money, they are called thieves. And that's the work of Satan. The question I ask, did this accusation have the desired effect? And the answer is yes, it did, it did, it did. And it does. It worked. The accusations, even though fantastic and contrary to the known character of the preacher, had the desired effect. Jesus was condemned to death just for this accusation. Perhaps your ministry is ending because of baseless accusations. 
God will work it out by his power like he did for Jesus. May the Lord work it out for you. I said, may the Lord work it out for you. Don't accept the devil sitting on your shoulder saying things that you know it's not true. Some of you, Satan has accused you that you are not beautiful and you have accepted it. Yeah. Look at yourself in the mirror and tell yourself I'm beautiful. You should. You are 30 years and you are not married, so that means you are. No, it is not. You are. You are. Everything that God has said concerning your life will come to pass. Ah, let your amen bring your blessing. Jesus was accused. Can you imagine of wanting political power? I mean, there's anything to say about Jesus? Not this one. Jesus was accused of being interested in the throne of Caesar. <laughs> How far from the truth can we go? Jesus' eyes was were on the throne of heaven by the heavenly Father. It is important to recognize that wicked accusations may actually point to the complete innocence of the accused. However, it takes a very seasoned and wise person to recognize what is happening. Am I talking to God's people? I say, am I talking to God's people? In Luke chapter 23, from verse 1 and 2, Bible says that, and the whole multitude of them arose and led him unto Pilate. And they began to accuse him, saying, we found this fellow perverting the nation and forbidding to give tribute to Caesar, saying that he himself is Christ a king. <laughs> if Jesus said I'm Christ the king, does that mean I want to replace Caesar? But that's what he went to say. Brothers and sisters who are listening to me, be careful, be very, very careful not to put your mouth in people and people who seem to be accusatory. When they are accusing people, just refrain yourself from getting involved. Because the cases that follow such behaviors, you cannot imagine. They are, they are four, four generational cases. Because what you don't know is that you are using your mouth. David said, Lord, let the enemies who use their sharp teeth May their ways be slippery. Because the people were saying things about David which was not true. Yes, he had made some mistakes. Why didn't you have that? Jesus was accused of many different things. Can you imagine in Mark 14, 56, Bible says that for many bore false witness against him, but their witness agreed not together. In Mark 15, 3, Bible says, And the chief priest accused him of many things, but he answered nothing. Oh. Law number 3. The most effective accusers are those closest to you. It's getting hotter. Cedric, I said it's getting hotter. The most effective accusers are those closest to you. <laughs> those whose accusations will have the greatest effect are those who are closest to you. Listen to me because this particular point is very crucial. Most of us fall into that. The accusations of close people sound credible because of where they have worked. Let me attempt to create accusations according to the closeness of the accuser. 
trying. The accusations of a church member will have more effect than the accusations of a non-church member. Do you agree with me? The accusations of a general pastor will have less effect than that of a close associate. So if you take, I mean, a general pastor, somebody, if you are considering maybe pastors of a hundred, and then he's one of them, what he will say is not as powerful as the main persons that are close to the senior person. Like in this, our church, Reverend Gabby, Reverend Amma, Pastor Lord, they are the close people. I always have meetings with them. Reverend, if one of them come to say something, I mean, the church will believe it more than some pastor B who is around but he's like in charge of something very far. I mean, he doesn't come close. Do you, do you understand? That's how it is. But the accusations of a wife, so this is the third grade, the accusations of a wife will carry much more weight than that of an associate. What do you think? Why? Because the wife, when you say wife, you're not talking about girlfriend. Wife, somebody you are staying with in the house. Same bed. Especially the more years you have spent together. Ah, if the wife says that my husband is into this magic, my husband is into this. Look, the journalist will believe it. Why? Because it's from your wife, a credible source. Psalm 41 verse 9. Bible says that even my close friend in whom I trusted, who eats my bread, has lifted up his heel against me. Can you imagine it? Somebody who you shared all your things with, you shared your secrets with, and then one day something happens and then he turns against you and begins to say things and amplifies what he's saying. People will believe. But we used to see this person going and coming, going and coming. So if that is what he's saying, we have to believe it. The closer he is, the more credible he sounds. The input of Judas, that is Iscariot, was greater than the input of anyone else because he was a close disciple of Christ. Now let's, let's look at some stories that our prophet has put in here. The coffin crabs. When you say coffin crab, not oh, 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 oh. <laughs> crabs that cough. One day somebody told me an interesting proverb, and he said, It's only when you go to the edge of the river that you will hear the crabs coughing. So, what does that mean? I asked, and he explained, When you stand afar off and watch crabs running around on the beach, you will never know that they actually have a cough. It is only when you are near enough that you will hear them. <coughs> Crabs that are coughing. <laughs> and he continued, in other words, it is those who are intimately involved who know what is really going on. So I'm like, you're, in, you're involved. I have a team of people I sing with. I have a team of people that I do a lot of media things with. They are very close. If one day one of them defects and they say something, people will believe it. It is therefore such close people who hear the coughing craps who are the best accusers. So it's almost like you can predict people who can be accusers in future. Shaman, may you never be an accuser. 
Pastor Richard, may you never be an accuser. Justine, may you never be an accuser. They are the people I'm with the studio now. And they are my close people. Don't be a, It's like you should fight it. You should see the hair. Me and then you have been talking to me. I won't allow it. Crocodile underwater. I also heard somebody say that if a crocodile comes from under the water in the pond and says, so a crocodile is speaking, there is a snake under the water. Then you must believe him. In other words, it is the crocodile who knows what is going on under the water. What do all these mean to us? They are warnings for people who work closely with the leader. Every close person is a potential future accuser. A PFA. Every close person, those who serve in the office, those who drive cars, those who don't, all media people, close. They are the PFA's potential future accusers. Friends, close associates, personal assistants, husbands, wives, children are all at risk of becoming accusers. Actually, almost all accusers come from this list. You rarely will have an accuser with because what basis do you have? But it must be that you are inside. You have been there before. You have been around. You have been in the bishop before. You have been in the pastorate before. You have been in the workplace before. You have been around your boss before. That's when you have a basis. And when you speak, it looks powerful. If God has placed you in an honorable position and brought you near, beware lest that accuser uses you to do his work. It's frightening. Number four, law number four. Hmm. Hey, your accusations will not stop until you react wrongly. The accusation and your accusations, it won't stop until you react wrongly. Jump, do you understand? Yeah. So it's like Satan's agenda is we should accuse this person until he would do something, either in line with the accusation or change his course. For instance, Moses eventually made a mistake in his ministry. He was under constant pressure from the accusations. Under persistent provocation, he disobeyed God. This is the ultimate intention of the accuser. To push you until you change course and you falter. Notice how Moses buckled under the persistent claims that he was a liar and a murderer. (laughs) Instead of obeying the Lord, he reached wrongly. He hits the rock with his rod instead of speaking to it. And this cost him his ministry. And he never saw the promised land. Grace. Bible says in Exodus chapter, I want to read this scripture. It's very powerful. Let me read the Numbers version. Just to take away time. Numbers 20. Okay, I'm reading from verse 2. Are you enjoying what I'm teaching? And there was no water for the congregation And they gathered themselves together Against Moses and against Aaron And the people chose With Moses Saying would God that we had died When our brethren died before the Lord 
And why have you brought up the congregation of the Lord unto this wilderness that we and our cattle should die there? And wherefore have ye made us to come up out of Egypt to bring us in unto this evil place? They were, they were questioning their pastor. It is no place of seed or of figs or vines or pomegranates. Neither is there any water to drink. And Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation and they fell upon their faces and the glory of the Lord appeared unto them. And the Lord spoke unto Moses saying, Take the rod and gather thou the assembly together. Thou and Aaron thy brother and speak. Somebody says speak. And so God told him, and speak, speak ye unto the rock before their eyes. And it shall give forth its water. And thou shalt bring forth to them water out of the rock. So thou shalt give the congregation in their, their beast drink. And Bible says that, and Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he had commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock. Look at what happened. Oh. What happened is what happens these days. It's what happens when you're under pressure. When the accuser picks up on you, you can easily do something you don't have to do. Hmm. And he said unto them, here now ye rebels so Moses speaking now here now ye rebels because he was angry so he was calling his church members rebels must we fetch water out of this rock and Moses lifted up his hand and with his rod he smote the rock twice like if it was not for God I will give you water I'm sure in his confusion he forgot that God had told him just speak when you are accused then you can easily not think well you can easily be throwing money away you don't know you are throwing money away you can easily take wrong decisions accusation can make you have an accident and the water came out abundantly and the congregation drank that's what they entered drinking and their beast also and the Lord spoke unto Moses pastor listen to me brother sister when you are accused and you change the people who are accusing you they will have their own rewards but you have you have changed God will also deal with you yes when Moses got angry and then changed another accusation I think he would have thought that God you should know how the people have misbehaved but God said look Moses and Aaron, because you believe me not to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore you shall not bring this congregation into the land which I'm giving them. So Moses, that was it. That was the end of Moses' life and ministry. He could not enter into this beautiful next phase. Brother, sister, what accusation is making him misbehave? There are people when your wives begin to accuse you that you are doing something, you say, I'll prove to her. Because of that, you don't come home early. I will, I, will, I will not come home. I will not give you chop money again. A lot of men, 
don't give chump money because of something your wife said. Hey, if I'm preaching, say I'm preaching. Listen, John Wesley, who is the founder of the Methodist Church, came under intense pressure to alter his course of ministry. Who did that? His wife. His wife did not want him to write letters to certain people. She did not want him to carry out his ministry duties of traveling to the churches. But the strong founder, and may you be strong, the strong founder refused to alter his ministry. Before you came into my life, there was ministry. You cannot come and change my, my ministry. And that should be your focus. Don't let beloved thing, beloved dozing affect your ministry. Am I talking to <laughs> since he since he came into my life? I cannot sing. Boom! You cannot sing. You cannot sing. I've not insulted you. I've not insulted you. Strong leader, strong founder. Married or no, he saw no reason why he should change the course of or tenor of his life. He entered in his journal. I cannot, I, I cannot understand how a Methodist preacher can answer to it to go to preach one sermon or travel one day less in the married than in the single state. What he's trying to say is that I don't I can't I can't imagine that when I was single I was doing well now I'm married I should slow down. No. But that is not how most of us think. That's not how most of us think. Most of you used to when you were not married you were doing more for God. Now small marriage that you are married you have changed. That's why I use the word B O L O don't understand it's a Greek word it's a joke law number five God should have mercy law number five please write it down the underlying causes of accusation are the common causes of madness this point is powerful the underlying causes of Accusation are the common causes of madness. So the causes of madness is just the same as the causes of accusation or what makes people accuse. So what makes people human beings mad is the same thing that usually make people become accusatory. Scripture, scripture, yes. Luke chapter 6, verse 7 and verse 11. Bible says that and the scribes and the Pharisees watched him. That they might find an accusation against him. Verse 11. And they were filled with madness. <laughs> Second. Secalistic. <laughs> Notice how they watched Christ to find something to accuse him of. Imagine, do you understand? They were looking at Christ just to get something they can use against him. Eventually, they were filled with madness. Now listen carefully, my brother, my sister. Fear and hatred are common causes of accusation. 
men and women full of fear and hatred become the outlet of Satan's accusations. This is another reason why you must keep your heart pure. Put your hand in your heart and say, Lord, heal my heart in the name of Jesus. Keep my heart pure in the name of Jesus. You see, like King Solomon said, guard your hearts with all diligence. For all the issues of life. Is it not so? Keep fear and hatred far from your heart. Let me share with you a little bit of medical science so that you not, you will understand the relationship between accusations and mental illness. The causes of madness, physical madness. And then the prophet who is a medical doctor teaching. I am reading and explaining. He's a medical doctor. That is his authority. Two cardinal symptoms of madness. Schizophrenia. Are, or madness, which is also called schizophrenia, are paranoid delusions and auditory hallucinations. With auditory hallucinations, the patient hears and he hears voices accusing him. I had a cousin who is now deceased, is dead and gone. But at the age of 17, he came from school and then he had an auditory hallucination. This was 1995. And that was it. He went off. This is just by the way. What happened? It was an attack at him. He went to eat wache somewhere. Yes, that's how he got it. He went to eat wache somewhere. And this wache woman, oh my son, my son, my son. And then like joke, like joke, come in to wache, come in to wache. There's no even food you must eat. Come in to wache, come in to wache. And then to the wache eating. The woman said, Oh, this is my daughter you marry. So like joke, like joke. And then my cousin committed fornication. Just one fornication brought in this evil spirit that made him go mad. Yes, I'm not lying. I was then in the university. I had to come from university, come take him to psychiatric hospital. We went to prayer, different, different things that we had to help him go through, whatever. He couldn't further his education. Fornication affected education. <laughs> fornication affected education. You didn't hear me. I said fornication affected education. Okay. With auditory hallucinations, the patient hears voices accusing him, talking to him, and discussing him. With paranoid delusions, the patient is fearful and believes in the existence of things that are not real and cannot be convinced otherwise. In mental illness, fears drive the patients down the road of lunacy. In spiritual illness also, fears also drive the person down the road of accusations. In mental illness, the fearful state progresses until the patients hear voices and imagine things that are not real. So do not allow the raging fears of this life to be in your heart. Can I have an amen? They may drive you towards a mental illness which you never expected. In mental illness, the patient believes in things that are not real. With the spiritual problems, people are deceived and they cling to their deceptions. It is these deceptions that grow into delusions. 
actually with the privilege of the medical eye, I have noticed that many apparently normal people are laboring under some form of mental illness. That means that daddy is trying to say that he has noticed that a lot of us are mad. <laughs> people don't like the message. Because mental illness spans a range of behavior and because there are long periods of lucidity, many of these cases are not picked up. So you see, some of us, our madness comes once a while and we will say, we will describe that so I was angry. But it was madness. How can you be angry and you take fufu and throw it on the wall? It's your madness that has been manifest for whatever. Many women have succumbed raging fears and insecurities and have gradually walked the road of mild to moderate psychosis, which is mental illness. Many women. I have actually confirmed the diagnosis of mental illnesses in many Christians, but cannot approach them because they have not sought medical help from me. Have you noticed that many murderers are filled with passionate hatred for someone? It is this hatred that drives them to do the unthinkable. They knowingly sentence themselves to life imprisonment and hell. And this is madness in full manifestation. The madness of the priests. In Matthew 26 verse 47, the Bible said, And while he yet spake, lo, Judas, one of the twelve, came and with him a great multitude with swords and staves from the chief priests and elders of the people. The behavior of the Pharisees eh, and the accusatory priest can best be described as madness. I'm going to explain why. They were filled with such hatred for the Savior that they did the unthinkable. They killed God on the cross. I mean for you to meet somebody who can do things who can vanish and you want to kill him? Are you not mad? It is madness. There's something that has gone wrong. They were so full of fear that they employed Judas to betray someone who walked around openly. The role of Judas as a betrayer is even more mystical when you consider how Jesus openly whipped the temple dwellers a few days earlier. Their fear of Christ was demonstrated by the kind of army that was sent to arrest just one unnamed and unarmed preacher in the garden. Jesus was not armed, but when they were coming, they had all these knives and all that. Why? Why? It's because you are afraid of him. If you are being used as an accuser, as an accuser, may the Lord deliver you. Law number six. I'm about to finish. This is my last but one point. Your accuser thrives on non-biblical quotations, proverbs, and sayings, but not on the word of God. Let me read it again. Law number six. Your accuser thrives on non-biblical quotations, proverbs, and sayings, but not on the word of God.
Your accuser thrives of non-biblical quotations, proverbs and sayings, but not on the word of God. This book you must get to read it yourself because it's loaded. I wish I could teach all but time. Accusations thrive on non-biblical quotations and sayings. Now listen, one day I received a document from someone who wanted me to believe that my church, that's Lighthouse Chapel International, was a cult. A cult-like organization. Initially, I was taken aback by the document which seemed to be an authority in describing cults. So this document claimed that one characteristic of a cult is an emphasis on loyalty. Abby, can you understand? (laughs) This fellow was therefore pointing out to me that because I have taught on loyalty and written books on loyalty, our church has strong characteristics of a cult. These cleverly composed arguments sound true, but can be very misleading. As I studied this paper, I realized that there was absolutely no scriptural backing for these authoritative statements. Which Bible verse says that when a church teaches on loyalty, it is cult-like? Is there not so much in the Bible instead that teaches us to be faithful? I'm asking a question. What was the fate of Jesus, of Judas? What was the fate of Judas? Did Jesus not say it would have been better that he was not born? About which other sin did Jesus ever say it would have been better that the person was never born? Nothing. How can the teaching of loyalty and faithfulness to God and his servants be categorized as questionable? Even the suggestion of this is demonic. When people, when people want to accuse you, they begin to come up with things that are not biblical and use it as if it is in the Bible. Be careful. Of late, you see a lot of people have freedom and they just put things on social media and you wonder, no scripture. They just say things. Some of them are even pastors and you just wonder. Somebody gets and said that don't give your money to churches. What, what, what scripture is that? Don't give your money to churches. COVID-19, pastors want our money. Don't give your money to churches. If there's anything, rather, our money must go to church. And, ch- and church is not a physical building. All such things, when you read, you wonder that, ah, where, are, where are these ignoramuses from? A church is not a building. A church is the group of people, God's people, people who are called Christians, who gather and have church. So if we, for COVID-19, we can't gather in a house, in a building, and still we can gather somehow, is it not still church? Why shouldn't people give offerings? And you are accusing pastors. You are accusing great men of God. You are, you are, you are involved with matters that are too high for you. In addition, other wise cracks have gained prominence and become the basis for wrong behavior and accusations. In churches, there are unspiritual women living by fear and they are trumped up Accusations against their husbands and men in general. These women refuse to bend to the word of God. Am I talking to God's people? They have answers to everything and rely on such statements as 
It's a woman's world. I am a woman and I know what it feels like. You are not a woman and you will never understand certain things. They say things like, you are men. You are all the same. They say things like, that is how men think. They say things like, women are made differently. They say things like, you are a man, you have knowledge, but no no experience of the pain of a woman. Is it what I'm reading? If you are, if you are not careful, you can easily be angered with me and then with the author. But rather, you should have a sweet spirit. All these clever statements sound reasonable and legitimate. They may be clever, but they are not biblical. They must not give strength and foundation to the practice of evil. We cannot allow the accuser into our midst, no matter the garb or the cloak or the costume he wears. He may be all dressed up in pretty dresses and nice hairdos, but it is still the devil. Crap for Jesus. Charlie, Charlie, crap for Jesus. Okay, let me go to the last point because of time. Oh, let me read someone, one that is, oh, I have my last one. It's beautiful. I want to say thank you to the prophet. Oh, Jesus. What do you think about that? Are you enjoying it? Now you can easily identify somebody who is an accuser. Yeah. That's why we are being taught. Alright. So let's go to law number 8. Anyone associated with you will be accused as well. (laughs) Anyone associated with you will be accused as well. That's law number eight. So I've jumped seven. I've gone to eight. So that's the seventh point for today. And I'm done. Accusations are quickly generalized to include people who associate with you. Yeah. My assistant pastor is accused of many of the things that I am accused of. If you are not prepared to be collectively accused, you cannot be part of the team. So all those who work with me in this place. You must be ready. Yeah. Don't expect to be the Mr. Clean of the team. Eh, you are not greater than Jesus. If he was accused, then you will be too. Look at your neighbor and give your neighbor some eye and tell your neighbor, you will be accused too. When you see somebody who is being accused like Jesus, Charlie, the person is close apart. Those who are not being accused like Jesus, it's possible you are not a Christian. But if you are part of the team, the way the thing is coming, it should affect you. What do you think about that? When similar accusations are leveled at you, it means you are closer to your leader. If Christ was accused of various things, so will you be. If 
was accused of destroying the temple. Do not be surprised when you are accused of destroying a church. It is an honor, Mr. Richard, to be accused alongside your leader. When they say about Bishop Chris, with time you should hear some about you. It's a saying that, oh, one way I'm a fan, I'm a I mean, for one way. Yeah. It shows that you have taken up his identity. Thank God for your loyalty. Now look at this scenario. Peter was accused of being part of Christ's little band. He was the closest and the one who had dared to stay around during, during the crisis. No wonder the accusations were falling on him as well. When Jesus was in Pilate's house, in Luke chapter 22 verse 58, Bible says that, and after a little while another saw him and said, that also of them. Peter said, me? Another lesson is that it takes a lot to handle certain accusations. Why? Because Peter's answer to the accusation was to deny it instantly. And Peter said, man, I am not. But even Peter has said that, hey, Jesus, anybody who dare come whatever, you see what I'll do. If you die, I'll die with you. If you, you said all those things, now the test has come. Somebody was trying to pick him up. He said, man, I am not. Will you deny me one day when I'm being accused? Jay, will you deny me one day? Hello. This of the when he came, that was when I was helping you. <laughs> God forbid. And these things happen. It happens. I pray for myself. respect men of God who are able to live and minister normally in spite of numerous allegations and accusations on their life. Peter waited away at the accusation of a little maid. Perhaps you would not last a day if you were to experience the accusations of your father. You never know what somebody is going through on your behalf. As we end this service, my prayer is that you be very careful not to judge somebody not to be used by the devil to accuse somebody even if you know somebody's fault it is not in your capacity to use it against the person rather what you have to do as a Christian you pray and ask God to show the person mercy that's Christian that's love Bible says that love covers a multitude of sin when you do that then you are not on the devil's side you are on Jesus' side Bible says that one day there was this woman that was caught in adultery. And she was brought to Jesus. And people wanted Jesus to make a comment. Actually, they wanted to put Jesus into be part of the accusation. And Jesus didn't say anything. Bible says that he went down and he started writing on the ground. And what he was writing on was whoever has not sinned before should take the first stone. And Bible says that every one of them began to just to get and then they left and they went home. By the time Jesus lifted his head, 
he saw that he was only the one there with the woman. And he said, woman, I do not support what you have done, but go and sin no more. That's how we should treat people. Even when you know somebody has done wrong, even when you feel that the person was wrong, it's true the person may be wrong, but it is not in your capacity to pick up on the person and join Satan to destroy, let's kill him, let's crucify him. No, rather you should be like Jesus who will say, look, woman, you have not done the thing right, but go and sin no more. And that is what makes you a proper Christian. May the Lord bless us. May he help us. May he help us to fight this accuser in the midst of the brethren and cast him out of the church, out of our homes, and out of our relationships. In the name of Jesus. And somebody say, Amen. Close your eyes wherever you are and let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for the word that you have brought to us. My prayer, Holy Spirit, is that you give us understanding. Lord, grant us revelation into this word. May the entrance of your word bring light. May it give understanding to any one of us who is simple. May we never be accusers. May we never join hands with the accuser in the midst of the brethren. Rather, Father, may we fight this accuser and accusers around us. Deliver us also from being accused in the name that is above every other name. Jesus, the crucified and the resurrected. And somebody say, Amen. Every eye closed. If you are listening to me and you are not born again, brother, sister, there was a time I was lost, but I was found when I gave my life to Jesus at the age of 13. And I've never turned back. It's meaningful. When you give your life to Jesus and you serve Him well, life goes well for you. It's not only me. There are a lot of people who have given their life to Christ who are in the studio now, who are in the places that are watching. And their lives have gone on well. With Jesus, He will be with you in your boat. Why don't you surrender to Jesus? So pray this prayer with me. You want to accept Jesus? Surrender all to Jesus. Pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, please forgive me of all my sins. Have mercy on me. Say it with me in the studio. Have mercy on me. Lord Jesus, please write my name in the book of life. From today, I am born again. I will serve you all the days of my life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Say after me, Satan. From today, you are no longer my master. I am no longer your servant. Jesus has set me free. And I am free indeed. Thank you, Father, for hearing my prayer. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you pray this prayer with me, I want you to know that you have taken the best decision ever. And I welcome you to our church. Be part of this beautiful church. The Anakazo Assemblies. Right in Nyanyanokakraba. Be part of this church. Your life will never remain the same. Locate these numbers. 0249-320657. And a lot of numbers that are rolling down the screen. Those are numbers of pastors. When you reach any of them, I'm sure you'll be helped to be stabilized in the church. May the Lord bless you in Jesus' name. At this point, I want to take our communion. Just locate your communion at home. Every member, get your communion right now. Every Sunday, make sure that you have your communion even before service starts so that you don't rush around. So in the studio, we are all going to take our communion. Get your communion. Can we have the song? Bless you. Brothers, sisters, 
we are one and our lives have just begun in the spirit we are one and we'll live forever sons of God yeah it's only when God and all such things that Jesus allowed himself to be crucified on the cross for is finished so as we take this bread lift it up on your right hand and say the body of Jesus receive your healing now eat it now lift up your cup of wine Bible says that he also took the cup and he said this is my blood poured out for you drink in remembrance of me these are things that are really 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 powerful you know what the blood can do the blood saves the blood heals the blood delivers 
in the Old Testament days when the angel of destruction was to move around the houses and destroy it was only by the blood that marked the children of God's homes that saved them from that destruction and so anytime we drink the blood or apply the blood it also exempts you from evil may this blood that you are drinking exempt you from any evil this week in the name of Jesus somebody say amen I prophesy over the blood that today as you take this blood may every sickness that is hovering in your body be silenced by this blood in the name of Jesus as you take this blood may every grace and intelligence that Jesus walked in be your portion in the name of Jesus one beautiful thing about this cup of blessing it says that this communion as we drink is also called the cup of blessing so anytime we are drinking we are drinking blessing so as you are taking this believe that you are drinking blessing the more you drink the more blessing you have take it up lift it up and say the blood of Jesus the cup of blessing and drink it let us pray heavenly father Thank you so much for showing us mercy. Thank you for a time like this in the morning when we can have service. Even in this council. Thank you for all those that watched from near and far. Thank you for the communion that we've taken and what it's doing in our lives. We pray that by this strength we journey this week. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Please take your seat. We're just about to close. I want us to... been blessed for listening to this powerful message. For prayers and counseling, contact the following numbers 0273-240-449-0540-774941. Stay blessed.